Coast, good evening and welcome to Phantoms and Monsters Personal Report, where I uh, narrate some of the more recent and, and past cryptid and unexplained sightings and encounters that have been submitted to Phantoms and Monsters. So um, I will also detail current past investigations on occasion. So thanks for joining me. Uh, the Phantoms and Monsters radio channel is, all, is made possible by you clicking uh, the subscribe button and by you sharing our programming. Super chats and super thanks donations are appreciated. And the Buy Me a Coffee link is also located in the banner or below the description of the video. Uh, thanks for your consideration. And as well, uh, your comments are very important to us. So uh, if you have any comment, any thoughts, anything, feel free to come back and, and leave a comment uh, under the video. So thanks for joining me. So um, <clears throat> tonight... I dug up a few weird ones. I hope you agree, but uh, they're pretty interesting. Um, a teen girl observes what she first believes is a human baby crawling across the street in front of her. Now, she soon realizes that this may be something else, and it's quite disturbing. Uh, you know, I was going through a few boxes of documents that I had placed in storage uh, during my move back in 2016, and when I did, I found some old printouts I'd, I had made of emails that were sent to me long before I started Phantoms and Monsters blog. So most were fairly mundane, but this one was pretty interesting. And in fact, I, I remember when I first read it, uh, I didn't really know what to make of it. But anyway, I'm offering it to you now. So... She states, before I begin, I would like to say that I'm actually a skeptic and try to rationalize what I feel is not rational. I hear that a lot. Uh, that being said, most, if not all, my firsthand odd experiences occurred before I was an adult. What I remember of this incident is quite vivid. I'm simply looking for the truth, so I hope you understand uh, that what I'm about to share is 100% factual, not embellished in the slightest. I hope you or someone else can shed some light on what I actually saw. Uh, back in 1990, I was a 16-year-old high school kid, an athlete, with a uh, normal middle-class family living in a suburban middle-class neighborhood in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, which is just north or outside of Philadelphia. I remember it being in the autumn because there were leaves all over the ground and the crisp air is still fresh in my memory. I had just finished hanging out at a friend's house just down the road from mine. It was about 7 p.m. or so. It was dusk, uh, about the time the street lights start to come on. So the neighborhood I live in was a medium-sized development built just after World War II. Everyone knew everyone, and the traffic was quite was light due to the uh, road ending at the end of the woods. Now, as I was walking home, I noticed something dash out of the brushes on my left side of the road. I moved, it moved rather quickly, but strangely. My first instinct was that it was an injured dog, possibly hit by a car and dragging its hind legs. Now, even though it was still far ahead of me, uh, it startled me and I stopped dead in my tracks. Now, as I did so, it stopped in the middle of the road I then got a very good look at it. It was a human baby. I remember thinking, how in the hell did this baby manage to crawl out of the house and into the middle of the room? 
I uh, started to quickly make my way towards it to get it off the street. I remember being panicked, but somewhat amused and bewildered as I trotted towards it. As I got near, I started to realize that what I was running towards and what I was looking at was not a normal baby. At least that was what I thought just before I suddenly froze. The baby snapped its head around and with its weird empty eyes stared at me with a maniacal grin. I just looked at it, waiting for its next move. At the same time, I was thinking I'd better haul off in the opposite direction. I backed off several feet, but continued to watch this aberration. It was about the size of a one-year-old child, but naked and totally hairless. It had muscular arms and weird short legs that dragged behind it. It also looked wet and shiny, like a glaze or a thick oil was put on it. Now, after several seconds, it quickly scurried away with its stumpy legs dragging back and forth behind it. It crossed the street, then through the yard of a house, but quickly disappeared. I figured it made its way into the woods behind the house. I stood there motionless in shock. In fact, I leaned against a mailbox post until I regained my composure. And when I did, I, it felt, I felt like I needed to get home as soon as possible and sprinted in that direction. And when I got home, I went directly into my room. I didn't even eat dinner. I told my mom that I wasn't feeling well. I was in a strange mood for several weeks after that. Anyway, the story doesn't end there. Now, a few years later, I was told that a woman who had lived in the house where the deformed baby dragged itself into was thought to have dementia. She would often call the police and accuse the neighbor kids of breaking into her home and hiding in the basement. The police would investigate, but never found any evidence. I don't know what eventually happened to her, but I wonder if the spawn from hell baby may have been antagonizing her and living in the basement. Have you ever seen or heard anything like this? Thanks for reading. Uh, you know, I've heard some weird things before, and, you know, these babies from hell, double babies occasionally pop up. But... Uh, you know, I did look into this at the time. I think, I don't know, even know when I got this. It was somewhere around 2000, 2001, I, can, I believe. And I, I did go back and look into some of the records of Bucks County and someone, she did give me the road name, though I, she asked me not to print it. And uh, I never found anything. So who knows what she, she ran into, but I think she was pretty sincere about it. So um, let's see, anybody got any questions? Could that baby have been a baby pale humanoid? Who knows? You know, we always do wonder where these things come from. Is it, is it actually a human baby that transforms somehow? I don't know. I mean, I guess it's as good an answer or question as any. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty strange. Uh, but, you know, these, these weird baby things, you know, even kids were doing kids and black eye kids and they always freak me out. So, um, so let's get to the next account. Uh, a Northeast Pennsylvania man recalls his encounter with a pale crawler humanoid in the Pocono Mountains. Now, people know the Pocono Mountains in Northeast Pennsylvania. Uh, the appearance has deeply affected him, rendering unable to continue outdoor activities. 
So this is actually a recent account I, I received. Um, you cannot deny that people around the world are seeing or having legitimate experiences with these crawler humanoid creatures and rather one that resembles the being in the story, myself included. I've grown up with a relatively open mind in regards to strange phenomena and things that aren't generally accepted by mainstream science or society, but I always approach things with an appropriate skepticism. I have uh, spent the majority of my life in the woods, hunting, fishing, mountain climbing, miles deep into the backcountry, and so within all that time, I've observed many different animals, plants, and sometimes thing, uh, things I just simply could not explain. And I've gone camping and trekking solo many times in my life. Uh, it was liberating just pack whatever you needed to survive and go deep, miles deep into the backcountry where animals aren't even afraid of you simply because they aren't familiar with humans. It felt so special to be the only one immersed in that environment, but not, ever, but not anymore. Now, hid behind all the natural beauty that is underlying anxiety, fear, and legitimate danger. An environment that once felt so comforting and therapeutic turned into one that drove me absolutely mad with questions as uncertainty and is now one I will not enter alone for I know what is possible and what is truly roaming around the forest of North America. It was uh, 2006 in the Pocono Mountains of Pennsylvania near Dingman's Ferry. Uh, that I saw a creature that forever changed my life and the way I perceive the world we live in. First time I had ever heard of the creature was during a conversation with a friend who had lived in the area for years and encountered this creature on multiple occasions in very close proximity to his house. I remember him asking me <clears throat> if I had ever seen anything strange in the large plot of woods across the street from his house which in the time, at the time I had not. However, uh, long before it was brought up, I, I always had a deep feeling in my chest about that plot of woods. I didn't know what it was. I just knew that it carried a very heavy, dark energy that was strong enough to encourage you to stay out. Now, my friend took out his phone and showed me the picture of the crawler humanoid that comes up with any Google search, a very generic picture. I laughed it off as he warned me about the creature being, because I generally thought he was just growing marijuana or something in the woods and didn't want me to find out about it. So I couldn't have been any more wrong. Once had passed with little more than strange noises at night and the sound of some cars being carried off into the dark until the day that changed my life that, that, that day that changed my life till it happened. Um, it was midnight and a rainstorm had just dumped a bunch of rain. I and a co-worker at the time had just clocked out and were heading to the friend's house who had warned me originally about the creature. And his house is on a long straight road with a dead end and uh, with very few houses on one side and the woods on the other. As we were heading towards the road with high beams on my co-worker slammed on the brakes and started freaking out, saying he had just seen the creature kneeling down on the side of the road. Instantly, without thought, I jumped out of the car and immediately heard 
running and crashing through the woods in a parallel line to the road. Now, thankfully, due to the hard braking, the car shifted slightly so that the high beams were pointed into the woods, and that's when I saw it. That's when my life changed. My belief shattered and my reality turned upside down. A six-foot-tall naked creature with gray-white skin and long arms ran through the sectional woods fully illuminated by the headlights. This gave me a second, at least 15 seconds of uninterrupted visual contact with the creature firmly implanted in my head. Um, it ran just like a human being. However, it was incredibly fast and jumped over any obstacle in the way until it reached the point where the headlines could no longer illuminate the woods. It then pretended to jump and run deeper into the woods. However, it actually turned and headed back to the road where I lost sight of it in the dark part of the woods for about 30 seconds. Now, as I was standing in the middle of the road, absolutely dumbfounded with my jaw to the ground, trying to comprehend the uh, severity of the situation, it then crawled out of the woods and crossed the road on all fours about 60 yards away from me and disappeared into the woods on the other side. Now, I've been tormented by this creature since. It makes me confused, sad, and curious. I can't get the image out of my head. I can't forget the feelings that the creature gave me while I lived there, playing and toying in my head and waking life and in my dreams. I won't go into the backcountry alone anymore. I can't enjoy the solitude without anxiety ruining it. I, I can't be frank. The creature exists, and so do others that we just can't understand. And people must realize that this, uh, that this, so they can enjoy nature while also being safe. I'm not sure how this account will be taken. I'm not really sure why I felt like, why I felt like uh, now was the time to come forward with my story. But it's eating me alive. I, I, it's giving me crippling anxiety, and I have to do something to try to get this off my chest. Believe me or, or don't, that doesn't matter to me. I just want people to be safe, and I want my freedom back. And it, coming out about this will help, then I'll do something. So um, the world truly isn't all that it seems to be. And, you know, I hear a lot of that about a lot of creatures. You know, there's this pale humanoid phenomenon has really, I mean, it really does affect people. And I, I can understand why it looks like a human. Uh, and, and Jose is saying these all sound like rakes. Well, you know, rake is just a term. I mean, you know, it's just like all these other terms, flesh gate, rakes. You know, I, I, I think the overall, I think the overall description of Crawler humanoids is probably best. I mean, even though they are upright in some occasions, they're all fours and others. Um, I, I really don't know what to make of them. You know, I even wrote a book about it. And I still don't understand what to make of these things. But uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, if you have any, any comments on it, feel free to do so. And if you get a chance to read my book, I mean, I have a lot of different stuff in there. And uh, I don't even know, I may have this account in there. I, there were a lot of accounts I did put in the book, but I, I may have this one in there as well. <clears throat> okay, here's a recent one. This is interesting. 
as many of you folks know, I used to live in Maryland. I lived down there for about 40 years. I was born and raised in this area where I'm at now near in Hanover, near Gettysburg. But I, when I got out of high school, I moved down to the Baltimore metro area and lived down there for almost 40 years, raised my family, and then, but later on moved back up. Uh, so a lot of the weird stuff, cryptid-wise and otherwise, including my encounter with Bigfoot, uh, happened in Maryland. And uh, for those who don't know, the Baltimore, Washington metro area has a lot of areas where Bigfoot has been seen uh, and reported. So, so let me tell you, I, I you know, recently received two telephone calls uh, describing Bigfoot activity in and around the Upper Marlboro, Maryland community in Prince George's County. Uh, this region is well known for cryptocytes. It's also well known for the goat man, the Maryland goat man. Uh, we're talking about the area around um, the Patuxent labs, which have been, these things have been seen, uh, these, um, these goat men, goat man, and other parts of Prince George's County, but there's been Bigfoot activity too. And as well, I don't know if anybody's familiar with it, but in around Hanover, Maryland, which is in Arundel County around when they first started building the Arundel Mills Mall uh, out, in the, out in the suburbs, they, um, they had some Bigfoot encounters out there, the, the construction people. So um, anyway, <clears throat> so I received two urgent reports today in regards to Bigfoot activity along Schoolhouse Pond Road in Upper Marlboro, Maryland in Prince George's County. Now, the first report was received at 2.15 p.m. on uh, August 13th this year by telephone from CC, who is a resident of Northwest Washington, D.C. And he and his friend were fishing at Schoolhouse Pond since early morning. After catching several fish, they began to hear loud, sustained whooping yells coming from the wooded area uh, across the pond near the western branch of the Patuxent River. Now, uh, the pair stopped fishing and listened for several minutes as the sound continued. It was around noon. They decided to pack up and leave the location. As they were leaving, they asked a man who was walking his dog about the whooping sounds. The response was that the sounds had been more frequent this summer than in previous years, though he did not want to speculate as to the cause. So when CC arrived home, he called me to gather further information. Uh, and I did tell him that Prince George's County has been well known for Bigfoot and various other cryptid activity. Now, this guy has been born and raised in the Washington, uh, uptown Washington. So, you know, this is a very urban area. Uh, these guys decided to go out in the county, do some fishing, get out in the woods, and then they start hearing all this stuff. So. He was kind of freaked out. He didn't know much about Bigfoot, though he had heard of it. Uh, but he just wanted to know what maybe he what, what he was possibly dealing with. So I, I told him as much as I possibly could. I gave him some of the history of the area. Well, anyway, interestingly enough, approximately an hour later, I received another telephone call from a property owner in the Brock Hall area who lives along Old Largo Road who was concerned by the activity she had seen and heard around her property. Now, this property is located about two miles north of Upper Marlboro. So she was about two miles away from where these, these other guys had heard these whooping sounds. 
Uh, JH, which is her initials, commented about similar sounds reported by CC, as well as observing large dark figures moving through the woods. Now, these locations are approximately 15 miles south of the infamous uh, Patuxent Research Refuge, which is well known for the supposed goat man sightings over the past several decades. And the area has also been had reported Bigfoot sightings. And I think um, uh, Vincent has some photographs of the Bigfoot that have been that have been sighted and photographed in those woods. So here's an example of one report from uh, September 24, 2002. Just before sunset, I had been fishing at Cache Lake fishing area in the north side of the lake. I had packed up and started to walk towards my car. I noticed movement in the small woods near Route 197 turning off onto Old Laurel Bowie Road. Now, I know this area well because I used to be old, old rail bird. I used to go to uh, Laurel Racetrack and Bowie Racetrack when it was opening a lot when I was younger, so I know the area very well. Uh, I thought it may have been a small herd of deer. As I was loading my trunk, I heard a lot of grunt come from the woods. Uh, loud grunt coming from the woods. I turned around and saw what I can only describe as a Bigfoot. It was at least seven foot tall and covered in reddish brown hair all around. It was standing with its legs apart. It appeared to be upset and taking a menacing stance. I then saw more movement behind the Bigfoot. Whatever it was, and I believe it may have been a juvenile, was hanging on the back with its arms draped around the Bigfoot's neck. I uh, didn't get a very good look at the juvenile, but I'm quite sure that is what I saw. The Bigfoot grunted again and looked directly at me. It was probably about 200 feet from me, but the remaining sunlight illuminated the beast. I hurried to the car, startled it, and drove off. Um, started it and drove off. I was definitely scared. Uh, I mentioned my sighting to my friend who also fishes with me. His eyes widened and his mouth dropped open. He told me that his son had seen something similar a week before at Cash Lake. Uh, my friend didn't believe his son and just brushed it off. Now, this guy didn't want his name put out there. Uh, now, when I interviewed the witness, he stated that he was familiar with the Goatman sightings in the same general area several years prior, though there had been Bigfoot sightings in the refuge as well. The BFRO has a report from 2006. If you want to go onto the BFRO, look for Bridge, Prince, Prince George's County in the listing. It'll be there. I know of at least two other purported sightings within the refuge, though I have not interviewed those witnesses. Now, in early uh, June 2016, the Washington City paper got a tip about an apparent Bigfoot sighting in Patuxent Research Refuge near Laurel, Maryland. The tipster, Jeremy, who asked not to be pu not publish his last name, told the city desk that the previous morning he had, was driving his, on Brock Bridge Road near Suburban Airport. He spotted what he thinks is a Bigfoot. I saw what I thought was a bear, and so I pulled over to take some pictures, and that's the pictures that Vincent has. He says, um, but when Jeremy got a closer look, he noticed the animal, which he estimated was about six or seven foot tall, was walking on uh, two legs. Bears usually walk on all fours. I know they can walk on two, but uh, he was wading through the water in two feet, which I thought was strange. He says, so uh, for nearly 10 minutes, Jeremy watched and snapped pictures of the beast. At no point did it walk 
on four legs, which he thought was strange and led him to believe he was witnessing the mystical beast. Though it has never been proven to be a Bigfoot, though it has never been proven that a Bigfoot does or ever existed, sightings of the majestic hairy creature date back to the mid-1800s, and this is coming from the newspaper. And there's been more than 3,000 total alleged sightings. According to the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization, there have been at least a total of 35 alleged sightings in, in Maryland, which includes mine, uh, since 1970. Two of them have been the Patuxent Research Refuge. Now, the refuge, which uh, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service operates, was established in 1936 by President Franklin Roosevelt as the nation's only National Wildlife Refuge established to support animal research or wildlife research. Uh, this means the easy explanation for all this is that it's simply a big bear that likes walking on two legs instead of four. In fact, Jeremy's girlfriend, who was with him during a sighting, suggests as much. And she says, and Jeremy says, I've driven up there hundreds of times and never seen anything like this. And uh, I doubt I'll ever see anything like this again. Well, I... I, I tend to differ, and uh, I beg to differ. I have been with other individuals out that way. First of all, it is it is a, a national refuge, but they've got a lab in there. The, the Navy runs a lab, and uh, there's been a lot of th things said about research, you know, all kinds of research being done there. And, you know, in the Baltimore, Washington area, there are a lot of places that, <clears throat> where there are buildings and and facilities that we really don't know what the hell they're there. They're never marked, so uh, who knows what's going on? But anyway, uh, I, I think it was a bigfoot. In fact, I've talked to people who have stated so that they've seen these things in there and throughout throughout the county. And you know, Maryland itself overall does have a fairly decent amount of bigfoot activity. So. Um, so anybody have any questions? We're getting a big crowd, so I hope we uh, people get some questions out when they can. But I guess we'll have it at the end of the show. So, so here's another one I got not too long ago. Ray Fenwick, Michigan woman, describes an encounter with a white dog monster that her daughters had at their home. Now, I did talk to the, the witness. Um, I'm still waiting to get the information from their daughters directly, and I don't know if that's going to pan out. She said they did make some sketches at the time. So if that does make my way, I will, I will update it on the, the blog. She also recalls a previous encounter she had with a similar creature years later. So here's what she states. I would like to tell you of my daughter's sighting, daughters, plural, of what I believe could have been a dog man. It, it was the fall of 2014. I had recently started a new job at the Veterans Administration in Saginaw, Michigan, one hour, 45 minutes away from my home. I left for work by 6.15 to get to work by 8. My daughters were 14 and 10 at the time. We live in the country in Fenwick, Michigan, which is Maltcombe County, and our driveway is about 100 yards long. At about 7 a.m., I received a frantic call from my daughters. 
They were yelling about a white dog monster that chased them back up the driveway and caused them to miss the bus. I didn't believe them. And I thought they made up the story so they didn't have to, I didn't get um, too mad at them for missing the bus because I had just started a new job and I couldn't turn around and take them to school. It's important to note that both my daughters are straight A students, extremely athletic and well-respected kids. So, and still are, but have never before or after this incident missed the bus. So, after this incident, both of them were terrified to go out at night anymore. Occasionally, I would make them go out and get their chores done if they forgot to do it during the day, like take the trash out to the road. And they would make me so mad, saying that they were too scared. And would I please just sit out on the porch and watch them, which I always wound up doing, or else the chore just wouldn't get done. Well, fast forward to about a year ago. The girls and I were sitting around watching TV show about the sightings of unconfirmed creatures like Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster, etc. At some point during the broadcast, a segment of the Beast of Bray Road came on. And immediately the girls both shouted out that that was the thing they saw back in 2014. And they were filled with anxiety and fear. It was very evident to me after seeing their reaction and watching the segment on the creature that they had indeed seen this beast. I felt terrible about not believing them or even really ever listening to their story. So after the show ended, my oldest searched online for information how to report the sighting and left a message at one of the sites on the internet about what they had seen. The next morning, we also called and reported to the Michigan DNR and the local police department, but I don't believe that they took any of it seriously. A little later that day, we did receive a call from a person that got our message on the internet about their sighting. My daughter informed them that what happened and what they saw, and they took the report. Now, during the months that followed, I occasionally would search for information on the Internet about the dogman. And as crazy as it sounds, I believe I saw one a good 25 years ago. I was with a boyfriend, and we were cruising the back roads and drinking a few beers. We were about a mile south of Carson City, Michigan prison on Blackmore Road. I had turned my head and say, to say something to him, and when I looked back at the road, I saw a white creature that I thought was like crawling towards the ditch on the right side of the road. Now, this creature was on the edge of the right side of the road. I only saw it for a split second, and I only saw the right side of its body. The second after I saw it, <clears throat> the right front side of my truck grazed it. You could hear the thud, and I feel it. My friend and I were both shocked and didn't know what the heck the thing was. I had thought it was like crawling or dragging its back legs because the back side of it definitely looked lower than the front legs and bent looking and bent looking broken or deformed like its legs or hips were injured, hit by a car or something and trying to get across the road. I backed the truck up and was very upset and nervous about because I had just I wasn't sure what this thing was, and it even crossed my mind that maybe it was a naked person that I had hit. <clears throat> we shined the area and, and did not see any blood, uh, hair, or, or body. I went back the next morning and looked again and found nothing. 
I even listened to the news for the next several nights to see if there was any report of a hit and run or anything unusual like that. Thank God there was no report or anyone being hit. So I described it to my family as looking like a sheep that had been sheared like with white skin, like a naked body with no or not much hair. But it was bigger than a sheep. They all teased me and insinuated that I was drunk. It didn't take long before I stopped talking about it to them. And the back of my mind began to doubt myself and what I said. So over the years, I, I never forgot about it, but I just never really thought about it anymore. So after seeing the segment on the Beast of Bray Road and realizing that my daughters were not making up the story, I had been researching this creature on the Internet. For some reason, I didn't correlate the animal, excuse me, the creature seeing pictures and creature that my daughter saw to the thing I saw. That is until I began seeing pictures and drawings of the creature on the Internet. I realized after seeing some profile views of the beast that the thing I saw was probably not injured, but instead it was in a squatting position. I realized that its back legs weren't injured, broken, or in form. It was just sitting on its haunches. This also explains why it, if it was already injured and then hit grazed by the truck, we did not find anything because the angle of its body, when I saw it, looked like the position of an animal unable to move its back legs, and then to add to the collision, the animal would not have made it far from the spot my vehicle struck the creature. So, however, if the creature was, in fact, not injured, but just squatting, as seen from the profile view, it would be reasonable to assume that the creature wasn't injured much from the collision and simply, simply ran away. Now, if you would like to get the entire story from my daughter's description, Deciding, uh, you can email me back. We'd love to hear their, if you'd love to hear their information. Uh, also, before the last month, I never said a word to my daughters about the creature I hit in my truck. So there's nothing planted in their mind about the creature. Now, the reason I'm writing this at this time is that recently I've talked to a few other people that have seen the same type of creature. Also, the girls made me maybe a drawing of the creature that they had seen. And I posted the drawing in our community group on Facebook, simply asking if anybody has seen a creature like this. I received a few responses that gave me goosebumps. Uh, if you, if you'd like to hear about their encounter, I could refer them to you. Well, I, I did, I did talk to her. Uh, I finally, I finally got a hold of her through Facebook and we talked by phone. And that been about three or four weeks ago. And haven't heard anything from the daughters, so I don't know if they're going to get back to me. I wish they would. But uh, like I said, if I get any more information, I, I will post it up on the blog. <clears throat> okay. So this next one's pretty interesting. Uh, a Southern Louisiana man described his encounter with a Bigfoot while delivering newspapers on the back roads of Washington Parish. The creature was chasing a herd of cows across the road. And I just, I got this not long ago either. So um, I don't know how really how old it is, but, um, you know, I, I know, I know this happened, I think back in the seventies anyway. Yeah. Bigfoot does exist. I saw one in the Southern Louisiana near Bogalusa, Washington Parish in 1978 while on the back roads. No street lights. 
on that same road, sparsely dotted houses, was an old shack-like bar with wooden posts to support the awning, which had a horse tie up to one of the posts. Lots of horses know where the barn, where their barn is, so you don't have to tell them how to get home. It was 3 a.m. in a uh, on a weeknight, and uh, it's been a long time. But I was taking the Century News, if I remember, if that's what the slide L Louisiana paper was correctly named. I was taking the pages to be printed at the Bogalusa newspaper print plant. They print the newspapers that I bring the bundle, bundles back to Slidell to drop off at delivery kids' homes and fill up newspaper stands. I'd have to look at an old map maybe to figure the back roads I took from Slidell to Bogalusa. I never went on the freeway. This is during landline phone days. Now, I was just doing the road limit or less with when out of the pitch dark came running from my left to my right a small herd of about seven or eight black and white cows. The van wasn't new and the headlights had that yellowish tint to them, so not terribly bright as today's headlights. As I slammed the brake, bundles of newspapers started shifting. The van was full and stacked to the roof up to the back of my seat, but I kept my eyes on the road as I did not want to hit them. That'd be like hitting a bunch of deer. I could clearly see that these cows were running scared. Then I saw the upright whatever it was. I'm sure it was not a cow. It was running along with them. The bipedal creature's arms pumped as hard as it, as it ran. I saw clearly a side view as I was pulling to the side to stop. Uh, there was no sidewalks or curb, just road. Dirt, weeds, rock, grass, etc. It was in the sticks. It was tall enough that I could see it from about the waist up over the cow's tops of their backs. So how tall are cows and then estimate its weight? It didn't take, it didn't look in my direction. His face was humanoid from the side view with no prominent nose, just a bump. It, I'd be viewing it from the right. It appeared a, a light color, but not dark. Uh, I mentally re-ran thinking about it while restacking bundles as they were all gone, long disappeared into the dark. When I went into the back of the van, it was clearly a bipedal being, most likely a Bigfoot. Uh, I was close to swamp country near the Gulf. Obviously it was just a flowing long haired body running with uh, no clothes. I assumed it was a male as I couldn't, I could see his chest and his arms were moving. I didn't see no mammillary glands and uh, these cows were running scared, so I kept pace right up there. With, so I kept pace right up there with them. You know, I think I've only ever had one other story of a, a Bigfoot running alongside or chasing cows, but I guess it does happen. Uh, but that was an interesting one. Where Carol asked, where does Bigfoot come from? Well, that's the big question, isn't it? Uh, is it, uh, is it an indigenous species? Does it come from somewhere else? Do they, do they come through portals? <clears throat> Are they from another dimension? Are all cryptids portal travelers, dimensional travelers? 
Maybe some are actually indigenous. You know, that's a big, hard question to answer. And that's why we do what we do. That's why we look for, for clues as to what these things are and from what people tell us. And I've always said, you know, anecdotal evidence that is, uh, people's experiences and, uh, and what they tell us will give us the most evidence as opposed to finding, to getting pictures taken as such. Um, <clears throat> they, they do observe and see how they act and what they look like and describe. Many times pictures just don't cover it all. So uh, when you ask what they are, well, we really don't know what they are. But I guess hopefully at some point we will find out. So I think this is the last one for the, I don't know, we'll see. Uh, an Atlanta area woman explains to her friend her alien abduction experiences. She recalls that her mother had also been an experiencer and that the constant abductions led to her self-inflicted death. Um, it's kind of a sad story, but uh, nonetheless, uh, this, the following account is an alien abduction report originally submitted to me back in April 2015, and I included a follow-up as well that I received not too many years ago. Now, her original, her original letter was such, I live in a ground floor of a condominium building in the Atlanta, Georgia suburb. I've only lived here for about four months, but I have felt uneasy with my home since I moved in. I live alone and rarely socialize, but I do enjoy having an occasional night out with friends. So one night a few weeks ago, my close friend Josie spent the night on my couch since she was in no condition to drive home. Uh, this was an unusual because I enjoy her company. We're like sisters and I have known, known each other since grade school. So the next morning, which is a Sunday, I found Josie sitting on my leather chase shaking like a leaf in the wind. <clears throat> she was wrapped in a white bed sheet, which I didn't recognize since all my bedding is colored. There was an odd odor in the living room, which reminded me of an old musty basement. Now, as I walked closer to Josie, she looked at me with wide bloodshot eyes with tears streaming down her face. I asked her what was wrong. She didn't answer, but hid her face in her hands. I sat down in the front of the chase, watching and consoling Josie. I was I was frightened, wondering if someone had broken into the condo last night and assaulted Josie. Josie, what happened? Where did that white bedsheet come from? She raised her head from her hands and said, I was abducted by aliens. What? Did someone break in and hurt you? She looked at me and started to cry. The aliens took me away. I stood up and walked to the front door. All the locks were intact, and the alarm was still armed. It had been touched. I walked around the patio sliding door. The lock and alarm were intact there as well. Nothing in the condo looked out of place. I walked back to Josie and inquired about the white bed sheet again. She said that they took her clothes and wrapped her in, the, in them before they brought her back. They took her clothes and wrapped her in it, which I guess was a sheet. I could tell that they were that she was serious. Josie was always been a no-nonsense person. In fact, I didn't remember ever seeing her cry before. They know where I am again. Again? 
what do you mean that when you say again? She asked if uh, she could take a shower and that she would explain to me afterwards. I went into my bedroom and found Joseph some clothes. When I walked into the bathroom, she dropped the bed sheet and I noticed a half dollar sized bruise on the base of her spine. There were also a few patches of greenish colored powder on her legs and bed sheet. Josie stepped into the shower. I grabbed the bed sheet and placed it in a large shopping bag I had beside my bed. I then went on my way to the kitchen and started brewing coffee. Now, Josie stayed in the shower for about 45 minutes. I sat at the dining room table wondering what could have possibly transpired during the night. Now, after a while, Josie slowly walked into the dining room and sat down across from me. Uh, you don't believe me, do you? I replied, you said that aliens took you. I don't believe in aliens, honey. Uh, this was not the first time they came for me. <clears throat> I put up with this since I was five years old. My mama also experienced abductions during her life. They never told us why. Josie took a sip of coffee. It is painful and doesn't get any easier. It killed mama. Josie's mom had committed suicide when Josie was in college. Her father has never been part of her life. I don't know how to respond, but I do know this. If Josie said she was abducted, then she believed that it had happened, and she was the most sincere person I know. Her only voice was that she is a heavy drinker. Her only voice is that she's a heavy drinker. These abductions may be the reason why. We uh, talked for most of the day. She explained that the encounters always begin with her waking up disrobed on the hard, cold table in a brightly lit room. The same aliens would tend to her each time. These aliens were very human-like except for their glistening yellow hair. There were males and females of various sizes and heights. They all wore blue full body suits. They didn't walk with their two legs, but appeared to float just an inch or two above the black textured floor. There were other aliens present that were small in stature with large heads and eyes. These small beings wore dark blue smocks that reached the floor. Their duties were unknown, though there was always several standing around. Josie also said that she has endured over two dozen abductions and that she was told to expect further encounters during her life. The last abduction was over a year ago and ceased after she moved to another house. <clears throat> she hoped that they may have lost track of her. Now she realizes they always know where she was. I suppose that I am most surprised that I never had any idea that Josie had undergone this abuse over the entire time I've known her. So, uh, do I believe her? I have no reason not to believe her. And I plan to help her through the continued exploitation by these yellow-haired aliens. Now, I'm going to note that this submission was referred to me by a UFO investigator who's also an attorney in, in Atlanta, Georgia. The report was forwarded by a middle-aged woman who lived in the same general area her entire life. After I received the report, I was asked to redact some of the contents after I requested permission to publish it. I was later allowed to contact Josie's friend, H, who wrote the original letter. She promised to keep me updated on her friend's ordeal. So recently, which um, 
was about a year ago, maybe even less a year ago. Uh, I, I contact, I was contacted by another attorney in Atlanta and was informed that according to H, Josie had taken her own life in late 2021. And no further information was provided. So <clears throat> this happened, I guess, late part of 2021. You know, the COVID thing was kind of lifting by then. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of hoping I get more information on that. But that that's kind of a sad ending. But honestly, this isn't unusual. Um we hear about this a lot uh people who just can't handle it so um yeah if you got questions you know bring them out there i'll try to answer them the best i can why does bigfoot go after cattle <clears throat> well i think they they're a food source honestly uh we do know that bigfoot will are, are opportune killers and uh, they do eat flesh. And uh, we have seen them or heard of them hunting deer or other small animals. <clears throat> if there's a cow or a calf or something they can handle or something that separates from the group, I guess they'll take advantage of it. So maybe this Bigfoot was hungry and just chasing to possibly grab something. Any more questions? I guess not. Well, I, I do want to mention another thing. We we, we got an I got an interesting phone call today, and we do have some trail cam photos and of different things. But we do have one interesting trail cam from, uh, photo that I showed the group today my team today and uh i think the overall thought is is it is a bigfoot palm on the camera this gentleman and i'm not going to give the location i'm going to say is michigan I mean, wisconsin and uh he has had a lifetime of experiences possible abductions alien encounters and some pretty interesting trail cam photos uh, he, he mentioned his family has also had experiences through most of their lives. So, uh, you know, I look forward to getting that and getting it out to you. Uh, David Jones Locker, what was the most extreme abduction that you've heard about? Oh, geez. I guess the Mandy story that I've mentioned, it's in my book about the woman out in, uh, Western Washington State, who was abducted and never returned. We believe she was abducted, but she literally never returned. And uh, that case has never been resolved. That's been over 10 years ago. I keep checking to see if she shows up anywhere. Uh, I've checked with Washington State Police several times, and uh, there's no, there's no hide and hair of her. So that's all we can. Um, and Todd sees is another one. That's very strange. Um, I suggest you get my book, um, Alien Disclosure, Experiences Exposed Reality, or go on to um, 
I'll go into my blog and search it. You know, I, I was thinking the other day that I may very well do some narrated shows from that book. If people want that, you know, I'll see what people think about it. <clears throat> there are some real interesting, there are some real interesting real cases in there that I've investigated and been a part of. And uh, I was thinking about at one point taking a couple hours and read the whole David Eckhart scenario. Uh, so, uh, you know, if you all want me to do that, I can see what we can do. Yeah, you mentioned about going to O'Hara and searching, and it's not going to be easy to do. They watch that thing like a hawk. <laughs> Correlation between RH negative and abductees. There are theories. Uh, I'm an abductee. I know several abductees. Most abductees that I have been involved with are O negative, which I am as well. Uh, that's one of the first things I do ask experiencers. I'd say 75% or more are O negative blood. That really doesn't prove anything, I'd suppose. I, I think it has more to do with um, with DNA, not necessarily the, the blood type. Um, if there are any markers, it, it can be proved that there are DNA markers that can be traced back to others. I, I guess that would be some evidence. The O negative blood is not a very, it's not the common type of blood. I mean, you know, it's the universal, what they call the universal type, where, it, you know, it, anybody can use it in a transfusion and such. It has no RH uh, factor to it. So, uh, yeah. <clears throat> Any encounters with alien dogmen on spacecraft? You know what? Not yet. I haven't received anything like that, but uh, that would be interesting to get. Anybody has an account like that and they know of anything, let me know. Okay, folks, well, we're going to, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. If you have an unexplained encounter sighting, feel free to contact me through the Phantoms of Monsters blog site. Uh, thanks to each and all of you for chatting this evening. Uh, <clears throat> any support you can give us is much appreciated. Uh, it's what makes this all possible. So please like, subscribe, share, and comment, please. Uh, and if you have a sighting or encounter report that you'd like for me to consider for the personal report segment, uh, send them to me at lawnstrickerfamsamonster.com. Now, this Friday night... Uh, we present W.T. Watson again, who's returning to discuss his newest book concerning Canadian monsters and mysteries. Uh, Bernadette McDaniel is going to be a co-hosting with me as well, as well. So it should be an interesting show. Uh, Travis or W.T. is uh, always an interesting guest. Very learned, very good writer. So until then, stay healthy and have a safe, enjoyable week. Talk to you later.